Hello, welcome to the Freemanfield Podcast, the podcast where three friends who had their dreams being professional footballers dashed away as children when they all discovered food, have their say on the Premier League. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be an interesting one. Interesting the, the topics to discuss, of course, but we'll get into that. We'll get we'll do the, the intros first. Ever present coach Kojo, how you doing, sir? Oh, all good, man. Can't complain. How you doing? I ain't gonna lie, I'm not feeling too good. I think oh, one of the man. guests knows why as, as well from, from yesterday, but it is what it is. <laughs> and that guest is Sam. How you doing, sir? I'm good, I'm good, man. I'm good, I'm good. Arsenal aren't our rivals, so I wasn't gonna come for you, but you came for Liverpool Football Club, you know. So shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. I've learned my lesson from yesterday. So I'll, I'll try my best not to upset you. I, 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 won't, not, I won't make any promises, but I'll try my best. <laughs> and smart, Luke, smart promise, <laughs> Luke joins us as well. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Yeah, pleasure to be on. Looking forward to it. Let's get into obviously the title of the show is go is talk, it's all about Harry Kane. So let's get into that one. I think it's two days in a row that he hasn't showed up for training. Coach, what do you make of this whole situation? Is it a bit messy? And should it be this messy? Uh, it, it is very messy. It shouldn't be this messy. I think, firstly, Daniel Levy, if there was a discussion last year that people are saying that it was a discussion and they had this um, sort of agreement that he'll be able to get a move this summer, I think, firstly, the one thing you got to do is negotiate with the club that he would potentially go to as to let them know the fee what it is, let him aware that they, you've told them this is what it is going to be. And if they bid it, you go. If they don't, it's what it is. Sort of like, you know, Maynard held back Ronaldo for an extra year before going to Real Madrid. They rejected 120 million, but then he was told if they bid it anywhere upwards of 80 million next year, you go. They bid 80 million, they got their man job done. So I think that's where Daniel Levy messed up, but that's why Daniel Levy is the most difficult person to negotiate with because he'll never give that power away. He's never going to tell you that if they come and bid 100 million, you're going. He's going to say, if they bid what I agree to, then you're going to go. So that's why Harry Kane, I feel like, has now said, okay, you know what? I'm going to take action into my own hands because he's seen as the consummate professional. He's seen as the man that will never step out of line. He's so he's still going to work hard and go to training and he will hope that they get a move for him rather than pushing the agenda. I think at this point, he's just said, you know what? I'm in the prime years of my career. I look at a lot of players in the past that have been in a similar situation to me. And very few have gone out of that situation to move and go into better things and have that guarantee of winning trophies. He looks at City and maybe if there are other options on the table as a more viable option to go and compete for trophies. So, and if Spurs are not doing that, and he doesn't believe Spurs are doing that, despite the fact that they've now got Romero coming in and maybe a few others, then he's got to get his move. So I don't particularly agree with not turning up to training, but at the same time, I can understand and get why he's doing it, considering the person now he has to deal with in Spurs, that's going to decide whether or not he gets his move. Uh, Hussein, let's... Uh... There seems to be a bit of... Uh, the, the Tottenham fans, they've seemed to have turned whole situation they've turned on Harry Kane obviously they've he was the whole build-up he was one of their own the consummate professional um, argument as well but now he's forcing his move away do you do you understand where the Spurs fans are coming from with this this massive switch of 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 uh I don't know kind of attacking him now attacking his character um this 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 happened to us as well when we sold Suarez and Sterling. Like you just, it's it's normal. I, I feel the the Spurs reaction, the Spurs fans' reactions are hundred percent normal. Obviously, they do love him as a, as a player, uh, and they they do want him to stay. So I I hundred percent do understand what they're going through because you know I've been through it too, quite a few times as well. So I, I know what it feels like. But at the end of the day. Spurs have failed him to an extent. He's, I think, obviously, when he renewed his contract, he he would have had promises to at least build a team to compete or or do something with it. And we we've seen so far nothing nothing serious has actually happened for Spurs this entire transfer window. Like Christian Romero, and I think they signed uh, Gil from Sevilla or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that that's that's about it. And none like none of us over here are going like, oh, Tottenham signed Gil and Romero. Like, well, no one no one's bothered at all. And I think 
if if Spurs are didn't even like take advantage of of their strong window when they were meant to push on and win things, aka like before the Champions League final, maybe the the Leicester uh, Premier League title winning season, they they had a few opportunities to compete and they really didn't. Like during that uh, that window, if they had strengthened, maybe helped helped Pochettino out with two or three signings. They, they probably would have done something, but they haven't done something so far. And Kane is currently, I think, 28 or 29. And to this very second, he ha- he's yet to win a trophy. So when you look at it from his perspective, he, he can't end his career on nothing. Like Gerard, for example, didn't win the Premier League at Liverpool, but won everything else basically. So this is this is where like the the the, the difference lies between a few players. And when when if if Hurricane decides to retire at Tottenham, obviously he he will be like I think if he stays there, probably the record holder for goals. But at the end of the day, when he's going to sit back and just you know just be on a, on holiday somewhere after he retires, he's gonna look back and go like, man, I wish I made that big move because he he he's he's going to be trophyless. We all, I, I don't, I think we all agree. For the next two, three years, we don't really see Spurs winning anything, unless like there's a serious, serious manager employed and a serious, serious trans, like two, three transfer windows. So he's he's fighting an uphill battle, and I understand 100% where he's coming from with the thing. Spurs fans maybe want him to be professional; they have the right to to think that way. But I'm looking at it more from Kane's perspective, to be honest. And let's, let's talk about Kane's perspective. Obviously, the team that he seems to be most interested in is Manchester City. He's obviously the, I think it was before the Euros, he, he spoke about Kevin De Bruyne being a fantastic player and he wants to play with him, pretty much uh, selling himself to, be, to, 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 a, to a degree. Um, but from Manchester City side, I don't think there's really been that much interest from, say, Pep per se. Because obviously the, the, the talks are that uh, it's Grealish that he's, is uh, Pep's number one target, and we'll get into him later as well. But if uh, Kane was to go this season, do you think City is the most like destination, Luke? Yeah, I think so. I mean, is that position is there, isn't it? Aguero's left for Kane to come in. But I think City are in quite a good position with Kane doing this, in that if he's going to try and force a move, City can always sit back a bit and see how it plays out before firming up any offers or interest. I think there's rumours, wasn't there, about a hundred million pound bid earlier in the window. Um so yeah, I feel like City stances we're not gonna be held to ransom over it. We're gonna see see what happens. And maybe this is Kane's idea of well maybe they won't bid the money. So I do need to force something a little bit. But I think City's definitely the the team out there that seems most likely for him to, to move to. I mean, obviously, Harry Kane. Obviously, he brings he brings a certain amount of goals, certain amount of assists as well. He seems like the type of player that would work in a, in a in a Pep system. But Pep just doesn't seem to like him. That's what that's what I'm I'm getting from the from the whole back. But if he was to come, what's the what's the minimum expectancy from you as a City fan? I think the expectation would be huge. The transfer fee will be. I think if he does come over well, at least 120 million, probably. I think that's you expect him. At least forty goals a season, all comps probably. Um, Is it a Champions League pretty... thing as well? Difficult say it. one. Say you it. Say so, it to you, the so. <laughs> you know what you think? So, if City sign Kane and Grealish and don't win the Champions League in the next sort of two, three seasons, you would say I think that's uh, a bit of a failure because that they're almost the players to complete. I think the the squad, aren't they? Which probably the thing we didn't have this season was that fit striker. That maybe would have got us over the line. Harry Kane certainly is good enough and would do that. So, but I think the yeah expectation would be super high if Harry Kane joins. Uh, Spurs obviously no trophies in. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that with a, with a with a smile on my face as well. No trophies in the last what since 2008. 2008. 2008. Yeah. So, really blame Kane. I mean, he's had a Champions League final which he was injured for. Then he had the uh, League Cup final. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Uh, then he had the League Cup final, which um, who did they lose to? They lost to. Oh, City. Oh, yeah, it was City, yeah? It was it. Yeah, the last one. Yeah. So, from his perspective, is it he's done everything that he possibly can for this team? But it was also the, the title run as well. In, uh, was it the finishing third in the two horse race? Big up Arsenal for that one. But that's the only time I'm going to big up Arsenal. <laughs> At all in this podcast, but yeah, as as there's obviously the the I think he'll get the top goal scorer overall 
uh, of the Premier League or in England. And but it's Tottenham's top goal, which he is. Never mind. Screw that. Um, I've lost my question. I don't know why. Uh, just take over, coach. I don't know why. What's happening? Um, I don't know. I think are you are you leading towards that? You know, does he deserve a mood? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. My head's gone. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I picked up Arsenal. That's why you threw me off. You're still recovering from yesterday. It's all right. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, um, does he deserve a move? Look, I think for Spurs, I'll look at it like this. You have someone that's been a prominent goal scorer no matter the type of season that you had. Last season was not a great season, yet in the Premier League, it was the top goal scorer and the top assist um, record holder in, that, in terms of the season. So he had a phenomenal season by his own individual standards. He still did his thing. He still produced numbers. He's a striker. He did what he had to do. And he's added playmaking to his um, his skill set as well. That's, able, that's why he was able to get so many assists. Um, so on an individual standpoint, he's done his own thing. But I don't think the frustration comes with, even though we and Spurs fans will know as well, that like they have a lot of frustration with a lot of players that they've had. But I don't think that's where it comes down to. I think, just like we've said here before, just like Lucas said, I'm sure Hussam said this many times as well. He said it as well with... Um, not building on the Leicester after the Leicester season and then after Chelsea won it, they finished second by Chelsea. Another great season. If you're a player and you are sitting there saying, My team go, I think, before people that love numbers, I think it was 86 points. You finished second behind a fantastic Chelsea side. And you know that if you add maybe two or three extra players to that team, it improves you that much more. You as a player, you want that to happen. But if you're sitting there, and you're saying, my manager's not getting backed. The owners keep doing this. There's always a cycle of Spurs where they have a glimmer of hope. And then the owner, whether it be Levy or back in the days, Alan Sugar, will slap it down and just say, you know what? We've reached your limit. Is what it is. You're talking about a team from the years that had um, in one team, Bale, Modric, Van der Vaart, Adibayor, uh, Crouch, Defoe, like people that were giving you good games. And then... They had one window and then they lost Bell and then Vlad Kirikas came through. Then Mela did not do anything. Ericsson was a good signing, to be fair to him. But other than that, the rest of them did not succeed in any sort of way. So Dardo didn't work out. And then you rebuild again when Yama comes in, then Bele comes in, Delielli comes in, Harry Kane off finally all his loans are done and he's become the striker that you want him to become. You're building something and then you get close and you're maybe a two signings from building the team. Then Bele is injury again, a lot of injuries. Wanyama couldn't play more than 15 games in that season at some point. Bolster the team. And you, as the diamond, you want that team around you being built. You want to say, now I know that we're really ambitious. And it's the ambition, it's the lack of ambition. As a player, you're going to feel that. If Daniel Levy is not backing the manager, if Enoch is not backing the manager to push the team on, as a player, at some point, you're going to sit there and say, well, if I keep doing what I can, scoring all these goals and I'm coming away with nothing, what's the point? You know, when we used to about, well, not, not used to, to this day, people still talk about Ronaldo and Messi. When Ronaldo joined Real Madrid for the first three years, the guy scored 30-something and then 40-something, 40-something, and came away with one Copa del Rey. If he sat there and he said, you know what, I'm not winning anything with Gago, Drenta and all these guys, who would got begrudge him saying, I want to leave there? But they bossed their squad. They got their team better. They got a strong midfield and they went on to win so many things. Uh, Barcelona at some point lost their diamond sort of in the, the midfield three. They lost their linchpins, two of them anyway. They started replacing Dani Alves with players that weren't good enough to play in his position and all of that. And at some point he was fed up. He was looking to leave as well. They had to practically beg him to stay. But this is what it is. If you are the man in the team and you're looking around and the club is not doing enough to push the team forward despite what you do, at some point, enough is enough. For Kane, enough is enough. How much longer do you want to stay before he says, I'm out? He can't, he can't do that. So, again, I don't agree with training, but has he done enough to warrant a move at this point? Yeah, I think it would be stupid for us to say he doesn't deserve a move. He deserves a big move. He's a big player. Mm. Big player, but you'll obviously demand a big fee as well. Um but to that, I mean, we said uh, we, we, I said earlier that Man City Pep doesn't seem to be very that much interested in in buying a cane. Obviously, the but the options that are there, which might piss off a few of the other fans. So, if is is Manchester United or is a Chelsea 
teams that would would warrant getting the king because you're you're almost guaranteed trophies at Manchester City. I mean, the the Champions League uh, victory came as a shock to us. I imagine all of us here, but they won it regardless, and they do they do look exciting. But you can't say that a Premier League, which is what Harry Kane wants, is uh oh my god, is um <laughs> is. <laughs> Once again, I've been thrown. But you can't say that uh, it's the Premier League. It's the Premier League. That's what Harry Kane wants. And it, does he win that at a Chelsea or or a, or a or a Manchester United per se? Let's go, with you, Hussein. Um, just on the on on what Kojo said as well with with Tottenham, I hundred percent understand, and I, I'm not saying he's doing this. Uh, that uh, obviously, like comparing the Barcelona and Madrid situation, the problem is at Tottenham. There's a mentality uh, like problem. So even like here's the thing, even even if they did sign, it's not even a guaranteed thing for them. You know, as Kelly said, it's in the history. So the thing is with uh, with um, with Tottenham. I feel like Tottenham and Liverpool were actually in similar trajectories. I feel like under Poch and under Klopp. With Klopp, he, he finally got to the two final missing pieces in, in Alisson and Van Dijk, which actually finally propelled us to, to being able to win the Champions League, win the Premier League. If Alisson and Van Dijk were not signed, or either of them, like if it was just Alisson or just Van Dijk, we wouldn't have, have, have won the Champions League or the Premier League. So Tottenham were, were in a similar position to us, but never really strengthened in the window. And I don't see them strengthening. That's that's what uh, that's what happened with uh, with Tottenham. I, I, he's had enough. He's had enough. That anyway with the, with the, with the question like with Chelsea and Man United, I think at at. Chelsea, he probably will go on. If 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 Chelsea sign Kane, they, they win the league. Simple as. But the problem is Chelsea do not like to deal with. The, I mean, sorry, Spurs don't like to deal with Tottenham Hotspur. I'll take you back to all to, to a time we all remember when Modric wanted to go to Chelsea and and they waited an extra year just and sold him to Madrid, even though they sold him for less money. So the, obviously, historically speaking, Tottenham do not like to do business with Chelsea. So that that one is is off the cards. United is an interesting one, but in my opinion, this is honestly no no banter or nothing i feel like a manager can win you or lose you up to 10 to 15 points a season and i feel like Oli at, 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 at this point in time he is competing with klopp pep and tuchel all three of them proven winners proven winners at, at a very high level tuchel maybe there is obviously like if if, if we put pep and klopp in the a star bracket tuchel is probably in the a plus bracket like just a little bit below them but uh, when when Oli's competing with these managers uh, the thing is it, it's it's not necessarily him playing against them like 1v1. It's it's the other things. It's like uh, what uh, Ferguson did to Benitez, for example. It's the mind games. It's him, you know, when 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 there's pressure on Man United building, him actually rising above that and, and keeping the, the, the head, uh, the mindset of, of the team, which I don't see Oli doing. So we, we all know at when, when it comes to, you know, uh, what, what they call it, like um, the, the pressure stages of, of winning the league title, I don't think Oli could push the team through that that's why when when i predicted i didn't even put united in top four but that's a totally different discussion but i feel like with with the united thing like they they need someone who's been there done that and 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 if they get Kane with someone who's been there, done that, they win the league as well. But obviously, the, the question marks remain over over Oli and and Oli only. That's that's the only question mark with the with with Man United. I think if for for Kane specifically for him as a player, the best move will be PSG. That's that's my opinion. I think PSG is hundred percent the best move. Already played uh, knows knows Pochettino's system. PSG are doing an absolute madness in the transfer window. They are they're like we're gonna win this Champions League by hook or by crook. So they're they're they're, they're going all out. So I think Kane goes to PSG guaranteed guaranteed success at PSG. I mean, I just they can't, they can't even win their their equivalent of the community. Was it the Champions Cup or something like that? I don't know, but this Pochettino guy—he seems—he seems to choke at the at the bigger the big occasions. But you can take the Spurs, you can take the manager out of Spurs, but you can't take Spurs out the manager. That's what it seems like. But um, Harry Kane—we all That's said the balls, the, the balls, are, the ball is in his court right now. Um, I don't know why I'm—I don't know what's going on. Um, coach, take over a second. All right. <laughs> 
Come bro, on. did you eat lunch today? Did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened, bro? It's, what, is this all because of the Fly Emirates joke, Cahill? Like, what's happening right now? My guy, it, it, it would, my it guy would froze, be, it would like, fucking under pressure, man. It would be hilarious if it was, but it's not. I don't know what's going on. I'll be back in a minute. Just give me a second. Right. No worries, bro. All right, so, Luke, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you this then. So, Harry Kane, if this, this give the scenario that he does indeed join your club. Um... Firstly, I mean, we all know the position he'd play. It's quite obvious he'd play as a striker number, the number nine position, number one role. But would you expect a formation change? Would you expect a change of personnel around him? Because let's say, for example, towards the end of the season, Morris had one hell of a end of the season, started popping off, especially in the Champions League anyway. Um, but Raheem Sterling, who's been so good, we didn't have the best of seasons, for example. But we've seen for England, they do have a decent chemistry. Who would you put in that lineup behind him? Obviously, without saying Kevin De Bruyne, because Kevin De Bruyne starts no matter what. Yeah, very difficult actually, especially if Greenish signs as well. Mm. But, um, say, say, just Kane. Kane obviously up front. I think he goes Mares. I think he goes Foden on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, despite Sterling playing really well. I think, yeah, the start of the season, he might start ahead of Foden. Foden's actually injured at the moment, so I think um, that will help Raheem Sterling get back in on that left-hand side. Um, be interested when Foden is fit, whether he can dislodge him again this second season or if Foden can probably play a little bit further back, um, which would probably be Bernardo Silva, I think, is the one who has been rumours of him leaving as well. Um, and probably if Jack Rudish comes in, I imagine Bernardo Silva will leave at that point as well so yeah for me it's um the kind of the circumstance of Foden being injured probably helps keep everyone happy that's there I means no one really misses out to be honest because i think sterling's probably the one question mark but he had a great euro didn't he so he did i think he's still pep's guy i think still pep still really does want him to sign a new contract stay at city so if if you, were, if you want to sign jack Grealish, then Whose place in the club would be in most jeopardy? Because I think Morris is now hitting 30. And that's yeah. not to say that Pep doesn't do well with all the players because he had your PKs and Danny Alves and he's going towards his later years anyway. Um, so he can obviously work with players out all that. It's never been an issue. Um, but Bernardo Silva hasn't hit his, the heights that he did in maybe his first season or so. Mm. Raheem Sterling last, last year wasn't in the best of form. Mares, if I'm, if for me, has been very up and down in his former city. He's never been consistent. Who is in the most danger of losing their place at the club and potentially being sold? So for me, the two are Gabriel Jesus and Bernardo Silva. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Jesus has had his time. He's had four four seasons now. Obviously, Aguero was there last season. Aguero injured a lot. Didn't really take that chance. Pep went with a false nine, even when he was fit, even in like the Champions League final. Um, and I think that just shows where Jesus is at. I think it'd be brilliant for another team, but I just think it's City that has probably run its course now, especially if, if you know if they go and sign Kane. But that's the next three, four years. That's Jesus done for me. Um, it's pretty same for Bernardo. I think is more of a one. He wants a new challenge. Wants to leave. I think he wanted to leave at the start of last summer. Um, maybe a bit like the sort of Ronaldo situation. Pep said he wanted another year from him, um, and then let him go. I think his sale may depend on if Grealish comes in. Mara mm. um, is an interesting one because at the start of last season, I would have agreed with you completely and said that he was the one in danger. And actually, pretty, I've been quite happy if you know a decent offer came in to let him go. But based on his form at the end of the season, more than happy for him to stay. I think he's made that right side his own. Um, and gives us something a little bit different with his sort of trickery rather than perhaps not as big a in-the-box goal threat running onto balls like Sterling and Foden are. But, yeah, I really like Mahrez. And I'd like to see the Mahrez kane link up actually, see how that works. That would be very interesting. Um, final question for me before Kel takes over again. I'll ask uh, Sam the same thing as well, actually. Um, what fee would be the maximum you'd be satisfied with for paying for Harry Kane? One twenty. Maximum. Nothing more than that. No, I think 
It's silly money. It's it's, it's a mad situation because it's ridiculous money anyway. Um, and it's not my money, so to be honest, <laughs> true. Yeah. But, yeah. I think for his for his worth, for his sort of value, I think anything over sort of one twenty, one twenty five is probably going beyond what his value is. Certainly for the age he's at. Um, I don't know if we'll get him for that, but it's going to be a big outlay, isn't it, this summer for City if we get Grealish and Kane? So absolutely. Why not? Why not just go for it? Go and get him. Why not? Why not? Uh, Hassan, um, I'm asking you because yesterday you absolutely trashed um, Roberto Firmino. So if Liverpool were in the race and they said, we've got the funds to get Harry Kane, how much would you be satisfied with paying if you were the guy facilitating the transfer, facilitating the transfer, I should say? I think I've said this yesterday as well. Kane is, in my opinion, the best striker in world football. So I would pay 110 million for him, I think. Um, and I think he he even would suit our system. That's that's a transfer that would never happen because of the age and how FSG do business. But if if I was in charge, that's that's what I'd pay. You know, just on on Bernardo Silva, there's something very interesting. Uh, ever since he didn't clap for Liverpool, his his um, his career has just gone down. <laughs> or you know, you see with Bernardo Silva, if he just stood and clapped like every single normal player in history, because it's just a guard of honor. You know, it's it's not that deep. Bernardo's like sitting like that if if he just clapped like i think his career would have progressed normally but bernardo is just you know one season wonder uh, hands down most punchable face in the premier league out of all players so i'm uh, you know i'm i'm glad he's out of this league man i can't stand this face so i'm i'm happy to see him go out of the league i think his three premier league titles will probably say different to one season wonder but how many champions league? yeah Oh, oh, mad. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I saw it. What is this meant to do? Put your Champions League on the table, what, my guy. Put that on the, the table. What's the weight of Premier League to Champions League? Is it? it might Champions be League is definitely it's the more prestigious trophy. It might be 3 to 1. It might be 3 to 1. But, um, yeah. 3 to 1? No. Champions League. Champions League. Ah, uh, if you if you if you tell your owners what what do they want more, they're gonna say Champions League. I think you're right. I think Luke. I think if you had won that final, your feeling would have been so. It, yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, different. Yeah. It's a You've different. You've just never experienced. I've never felt it. I've never felt it. I don't know what it feels like, so I can't. I can't. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, listen, you're not alone in that. Someone else in this podcast hasn't thrown it either. Big man, so, see? So. <laughs> I, I, I went off that. Remain rattled, bruv. What, what are you talking about? I'm just going to shut my shut the video. I'm going to turn off the podcast. That's what I'm going to do. If only Andre had scored that opportunity, man. If only yeah, he, he had, scored He that. had plenty of opportunities. He's, he's, he's still with me. He's still the greatest striker ever. So it is what it is. Um, Jack Grealish is... I think, that Luke, to be honest, I think that's that's who your main target is to be... Uh, as as Not just City, as you personally, because you, you seem to be bigging him up quite a bit. And to be fair, he's a very good player. Um, there's stat that... Well, there's a few stats that have, have got me quite interested and intrigued. It's comparing him and KDB, obviously. So he said that from last season, 26 games played each, six goals each. Grealish has 10 assists. KDB has 12 Chances created 81 for Grealish and 80 for uh, KDB. 996 passes complete. That's no, that doesn't really matter anything. But is it is it a case of Pep's thinking for the future? It's kind of weird to say considering he's 25, but KDB is. I think he's about, about 30 now, so he is getting past it. He doesn't seem to be slowing down, but maybe Pep is thinking about him slowing down. Yeah, he's had a few injuries as well. I think it seems that each season KDB has a little period where he is injured and for a sort of a quite extended period as well, a few weeks of the season. So I think him coming in will aid that. I think Grealish, because of his, again, his versatile, isn't he? That's what Pep loves, players who can play all over. He can play from the left, very many of us for Villa can play central. I think Pep can mould him into an unbelievable player. He's got all the sort of attributes Pep loves. Um, and he's exciting, he's an exciting player. And that's probably the thing that I'm most interested in is, is that he's an exciting player, what he can bring. And him playing with De Bruyne, I think it would just be phenomenal. You saw the stats there, so similar. Um, KDB won player of the year with very similar stats to Grealish. So, yeah, it'll be, I think for me, if I could have Grealish or Kane, Grealish is the one I want to go for because he's just a super, super exciting player. Well, wasn't expecting you to say that. I, I'd, I'd take Kane. I'm an Arsenal fan, but it is what it is. Um, 
you said before that he he can play he can play centre mid he can play left left wing but he's more of a left midfield left wing so I've done mm. uh, is is it concerning for Sterling considering that's one that's his position and two the falling out with Pep which happened last season it's, 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 they say that they've kissed and made up but I, I don't think they have to be honest and I, I think there's still a bit of bad blood between the two. So is it? Is it? I feel like you want Bernardo Silva gone. You want like a is gone, but it might be Raheem Sterling. Are you a full? Are you accepting losing him as a as a bar, as a part of the deal with getting Jack Grealish? Uh, I don't know. Sterling's an interesting one. I think he's still Pep's boy. I think he's he's been one of the sort of shining lights, hasn't he? Pep's reign is the sort of growth of Raheem Sterling from a very sort of average player from the Pellegrini to this unbelievable 30-goal-a-season player under Pep. Perhaps without looking, I think he's, he's such a hard player to judge because it, it's very numbers-based, I think, with Raheem, because on the eye, he's perhaps not as interesting or exciting as De Bruyne or Amarez. Um But he's efficient. Um, I, I, I don't want to lose Sterling. I think he's still got a city future, I think. The thing that maybe City have that other teams don't is just unbelievable competition for places where it it very much is a squad game at City, whereas maybe I think we've seen with Liverpool, certainly the front three, it's very much it's those three and then what coming in isn't up to the standard, um, which maybe is what's cost them perhaps this season being a drop-off from the previous two unbelievable seasons. But I think for, for City... There's always that competition. And if you don't, you know, it's up to the player to respond and step up. I think we've seen it with Carl Walker right back when Cancelo came in. Mm. Lord Foden's ousted Sterling from his position. Mares was fighting for his place at one point, got in the team. So it's, it's up to the players, I think. And this is what it, it should be. It shouldn't just be just the 11. And if someone comes in, that's you gone. It should be, right, come on, fight for your place. And at City, I think certainly, probably more than any other team, just for the amount of high-quality players, I think, throughout the squad. It's just another player that's going to come in and, and challenge and improve. And I think that's how you stay at the top and certainly how Pep has done that in the past. I mean, I think the, the benefit to Carl Walker's position as as right-back, which he did, which you, I do agree, he did, he did fight for this season, is that Cancelo didn't cost that much compared to what Aston Villa are asking for Jack Grealish. Um, so to you, Sam... Sterling or Grealish? Who, 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 do you, who do you go with? I think Grealish is a top five player in the Premier League. I, I really like him as a player. I love what he's about. I think Grealish is an absolutely fantastic player. I think uh, a lot of people do think that he can play the number eight. He, I, uh, Me personally, I think he can if it's under Pep or Klopp, but that would require a lot of training and for him to eventually become that type of player. So it really just depends what Pep wants to do. Because I think as a left winger, he'd be absolutely incredible for Man City. As a number 10, he could work as well. But as a number 8 midfielder, that's basically, you know, playing that De Bruyne role possibly on the left instead of on the right. So you could have De Bruyne and Grealish in midfield. That would require Grealish to do a lot of defensive work that he is not used to doing in midfield. As we know as well, the midfield area is a lot way more congested than, than the wing position. Obviously, there's three, four people attacking at the same time. Pep likes to play possession football, uh, pressing as well. So there are a lot of factors. But I think if, if there are two managers in our league right now who could get Grealish to be a number eight, I think it's Pep and Klopp. In terms of Grealish or Sterling, I feel like Grealish, in my opinion, is, is, is a level above Sterling. I think when it comes to Sterling, obviously, like his numbers do do tell a, a story. But I just feel like in, in the big moments when the lights are shining on Man City and you expect Sterling to deliver, I just feel like in, in big games, he doesn't really show up as much. Obviously, we've seen what happened against Lyon. Sorry to remind you, Luke, again, and against Chelsea as well in, in the Champions League final. Sterling perhaps doesn't have the, the best of games. So I think Grealish has has more of a fighting leadership, like more intangibles as well than than, than Sterling. And and me personally, if I was Pep, I'd 100% start Grealish over Sterling. However, I do think uh, Pep is looking uh, to, to transform Grealish into uh, uh, Kevin De Bruyne on the left side, basically, like a left central midfielder. That's that's what I eventually think he's he's going to get him to play. Agree with that, uh, Coach? Yeah. Um, there's not much I can't disagree with in that one, actually. Um, 
Grealish does have the the ability to drive these teams down, especially on that left side. I think we saw a lot last season, um, especially early when him and Barkley still had like a little mini partnership and they were really enjoying. And the person that really thrived of that off the most um, was Ollie Watkins because he was, he was scoring goals at the beginning of the season for fun as well. So that's then begs the question. If they do sign him and they don't have the funds for, uh, for Kane, look, I will say this. City, regardless, do have a good eye when it goes to buying players going forward. They've they've had a, a sort of like a tried and tested sort of trial and error thing with defenders. They've bought full backs if it didn't work, bought another one, bought goalkeeper if it didn't work, bought another one before they found a formula. But with forwards, it tends to just hit the mark every time with the forwards inside. Even Gabriel Jesus, even if people are not convinced by him, when he first came, he hit the ground running. He was scoring goals for fun. So even if they weren't to get Kane and they got Grealish, I would trust City enough to be able to go and buy another striker for a lower fee. And even if they were someone that could hit 30 goals a season, you could expect them to at least hit 15 to 20 and be okay with that because KDB will still score goals, Grealish will score goals, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I agree with that. I think if they do get to play that role that's as to the threat if you've got two of those quality players going from both sides you're going to be in trouble regardless so yeah it would, it would be a smart sign to go for creation no matter what i think there's a question from from marion in, in the comments i think you, you could highlight i think luke's you you gave your answer you you say grealish uh yeah Sam? kane definitely city need need a striker kane kane signing is is going to uh, if, if kane signs or if grealish signs if Pep doesn't win the Champions League, he's a failure. End of discussion. No, I, 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 I'm not. No, I've had enough. No, I've had enough. No, 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 no. Allow all the excuses, man. I've had enough. Honestly, look, he was brought to Man City to win the Champions League, okay? Pellegrini and Mancini have both won the league titles. Grealish and Kane, whoever, whichever one of them signs, or whether it's both, City need to go out and win the Champions League title. End of discussion. No more excuses. No more Pep didn't uh, play a DM. No more this guy's injured. No more excuses. I swear, City have the longest list of excuses to why they didn't win a Champions League yet. They they need, they literally need to win the Champions League if they sign any of them. But me personally, I think Kane is the guy. What's up? I don't, I don't think it's excuses. I think it's just it is reasons, isn't it, that we haven't won the Champions League. Mostly has been Pep's. This random decisions. In the biggest game, mm-hmm. to not play your best team. But um, yeah, I don't think he's a failure. Come on, he's won like he's won three Premier League titles. He's won a treble. He's won a look when you when you first got Pep. A treble. A treble. I did say a treble. I did say a treble. Okay. It's not good. So you were expecting at least one. That's that's my point. Like at least just one Champions League title. Like if if. If Pep leaves, like let's say this season, he wins the Premier League, just the Premier League, and then he leaves City at the end of the season. Will you look back at, at honestly speaking, would you look back uh, on it and say Pep achieved everything he should have at City? For me, yeah, because I think the the levels he took the Premier League to and this City team to is the best City team I've ever seen, best team I've ever seen. That Centurion season, backing it up with the ninety-eight points, winning a. Treble. Um, for me, oh, it's, oh my God. the Champions League isn't, isn't the be-all, end-all. It's not the be-all, end-all. You're, you're proclaiming a Carabao Cup as a part of a treble. Like, that's, that's really that. it's, not, it's not the yeah, treble. It's, it's, that's why it's called it treble. It's a treble. Yeah, we, then we won a treble in, in 2001 when we won the Europa League, the Carabao Cup. That was a treble. That was a treble, Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, 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 it's when, it's when it's City fans start claiming quadruples. That's when it gets into sticky wall. Oh, yes, no. Community Shield is not a trophy. Oh, no. yeah. Allow. Because people that won a double a, a, a few seasons ago with a Community yeah, Shield. Is that? Well, yeah. I'm not. To be honest, I'm not big on the League Cup, so I could I'll throw that away. To be Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I I I kind of agree with Sam. I think no, not. I think failure is a bit excessive, but. He he's bought he's been bought in there for the Champions League. He personally himself he needs to that little feeling of regret you think of course, that little of course. bit should have maybe just achieved more. I don't think it's a failure, but I yeah, yeah see your point. See your point. Yeah. I think the thing is with me is it, honestly speaking, I feel like if we if we go to Pep himself and mm-hmm. ask him, would you trade all three league titles for one Champions League? I think he'd say yes. yes. 
Honestly speaking, because the, getting the Champions League for Man City would be a massive accomplishment compared to the league titles. Like, that's the thing, because they've never won it in their history. So that, that has more weight. Like, I, I could argue, I could argue that Mancini's, uh, f- like, first ever Premier League trophy for, for City probably holds more weight than, than any of Pep's league trophies. Mm. Like, you could make that argument based on the fact that he won it for City after a really long time. Like, he came in, won the league for them after a really long time. I feel like with, with Pep, there are literally quotes from the City owner saying, we, we hired Pep to win the most prestigious competition in Europe. And I feel like the reason I said no excuses is the, the, the level of teams besides this year that, that Pep has went out to, I feel like no excuses because they want, went out to Liverpool, not the strong Liverpool, the Liverpool who finished fourth. They went out to Monaco, they went out to Lyon, they went out to Spurs, which is an absolute travesty. So, so you see, like my thing is, it's not like they're getting there and then losing to a Madrid, losing to a PSG, losing to a Barcelona. They're actually losing to, to clubs you'd expect City to beat. That's why I'm. That's why I said you. You might think it's no, excessive. It. My opinion, he's failed so far. My opinion. Well, most points ever in a Premier League season. Yeah, yeah. First ever domestic treble. Never been done before. Who's the guy who got the little comment up saying, "Oh, you won a triple." No one else has ever done it, mate. So uh, that's the, he called it a trio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a trio. It's a trio. Who's so he? Who's he, he, he a fan? Of? Um, Marion's a Barca fan, actually. The uh, treble needs to include the Champions League. Besides yeah, that, it's, yeah. it's not I, a treble I, I, in my eyes. Let's um, final final question on this uh, Kane and Grealish uh, thing before we move on to to, to your side, uh, who's into Liverpool. Um, oh. do, do we have to? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um, Kane and Grealish. Where do they end up at the end of the season? I'll start with you, Kojo. Where do they end up? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, end of the transfer window, sorry. I actually think... I actually... I, I don't know if I can see Jack Grealish joining City. Not that City can't persuade him. It's rather him persuading himself to leave Villa. That's what it is. This is not a player that's, not be, that's been wanted for just this summer. This guy's been wanted for a long time. And whether they've been in the Premier League or been in the Championship, he's not. He's not left. He's someone that is very difficult to get because he is one of the what people love these days: the really loyal footballers, the people that love their hometown club and really want to stay and do things at their club. And truth be told, the way they're moving in the transfer window so far, which has been good, they've mm. bought very well. He might be excited at the prospect of playing with Leon Bailey and Buendia and having like a. Like a four-two-three-one formation, jump McGinn behind him, where that, those three can supply Ollie Watkins and maybe another striker if they'll sign one. That could excite him. On the other hand, he could be excited by the idea of I play with Kevin De Bruyne. I see Sterling a lot more, not just England. You know, um, Morris is a great player. You got Diaz in the defense. You got Fernandinho at this point, a City legend and one of the top uh, defensive midfielders we see in Premier League history. Um, and it's the idea of you've gone from Villa, who are potentially building something, to going to City, who are already built, competing for things. So it's a, it's a double, it's a thing because you either go down as a guy that a lot for a lot of people that are in the football world is where you go to see at this point it's well you know you got to trophy just not a part of the the history, but are you a main part of the history? That's what the question will be. Or if you're a Villa and you build something special. You certify yourself as a, a Villa legend, mm. and you will see uh, see as the the main reason why they were able to achieve things. It's a tough one for him. So I see Kane going because Kane is doing everything to do to leave. I think at some point Spurs will accept a deal where it's based on installments, so not just like incentives where City must win this before you pay this, or he gets a Ballon d'Or, so he then you pay this. I think they're gonna do a deal where they say we'll pay you maybe. Yeah, you could do that. You could put a Champions League clause in. Then so. they will never have to pay it. Like, there you go. <laughs> I think they'll probably pay about seventy million up front, and then maybe pay forty million in installments year by year, um, and then throw in the extra. If we win Champions League, you get ten million on top of that, just to make it one hundred and twenty, make it easy, make it safe for them. So, um, I think that's what happens. I will be very surprised if both of them, or one of them, does not leave. <laughs> their clubs one of them is definitely leaving and 
if City can't pay the money for Kane, Kane will go somewhere else. I firmly believe that. Where? Probably, yeah. You know, it'll be abroad. I think it'll be abroad. I, I, I don't think yeah, Man United have to. Be, isn't it? Yeah, because you're, you're already hearing rumors. People say Man United, but the thing is, you're already hearing rumors that United are looking to make a bit for striker next season. So Kane and Haaland is not a viable option this season anyway. So that needs to be thrown out the window. And truth be told, if I'm Kane, I'm not even myself. I'm not even fully convinced like that by Man United. So I wouldn't expect Harry Kane to sit there and say. I'm gonna run to Man United as well. It's not. It's not a um, Alexis Sanchez deal. That that's not what's happening here. It's you know, it's I need to win something, and it's not the position that Man United were in where they lost the title by goal difference, so they got Van Persie. It's not that situation. This is Man United are still trying to build something. It's about progress, and they went to a final and they lost, just like they've been to semi-finals and lost. He needs a guaranteed trophy at this point. So if he doesn't go City. I genuinely see him either going PSG, like um, Hassan said, or going to Spain somewhere. I know, I know the fees are not there for Barcelona, so there's only one viable option. But but Real Madrid, I think Real Madrid would be the only club that would push all boundaries and sell others to make sure they could get that one guy. They they don't care. Barcelona are selling people to keep their one man already. They've really signed him to a new contract, and they're still going to sell people. Just for his sole purpose, don't care about him. Yeah, well, yeah. So, I say Madrid, PSG, or Messi. Luke. In terms of which one do I think will? Yeah, I yeah. I would want Grealish, but um, I think Kane is the one who's there's more. He's forcing it, isn't it? So I feel Kane could be the one that does happen. I think maybe both of them, to be honest. Uh, uh, I think Kane goes to PSG, Grealish stays at Villa. I think City are going to hold out to buy Haaland next summer. That's my theory. Okay, okay. Very interesting. Let's now go to Liverpool. Obviously, the signings aren't... You're not signing that many players, but you are signing in key positions. There's obviously the backup defense, not backup defense, but the defensive uh, partner to Van Dijk in uh, Kunate from Leipzig. Uh, one, are you happy with that signing? Is, is that something that, that impresses you? Is that something that was necessary? Yeah, yeah I'm 100% happy with Kunate. 100%. Very good signing, very young as well. Uh, pacey, physical, good for the Premier League. He's going to learn a lot by even just training with Van Dijk. So I think that's that's a very good signing. And there was a comment from you yesterday. Aside from the Arsenal stuff, we were, we were, we were, we were talking about Liverpool, where you were saying that if Saul Niguez was to come to partner Thiago, to partner Fabinho, that you guys were shooing for the league title this season. Um, why, why, why do you think that? Why... why are you so confident in Saul being the missing piece? I think with Saul, it's it just makes sense. It's it's like the most sensible transfer this entire window. He, he's in the price range of Liverpool Football Club. He's a high work rate player. He's available. Never had an injury in Atletico. Knock on wood. I don't jinx it when it comes to us. <laughs> but no, never That's had an injury in Atletico. Very versatile. Literally can play centre back, left back, right back, CDM, uh, CM, CAM. Could play false nine in, in certain games. So uh, even uh, like for for Klopp's system, he would suit us perfectly he would offer uh, a lot more than what our midfielders offer and uh, I feel like with Saul a midfield of Fabinho Thiago Saul is genuinely unstoppable honestly speaking that that would just be a crazy midfield you'd obviously have Fabinho the like two top two top three CDMs in, in world football Saul and Thiago obviously as as the two number eights would be absolutely incredible the the, the reason I think with Saul we would challenge Without Saul, we don't challenge. With Saul, we challenge is obviously the, the midfield options. Because losing Gini Wijnaldum, Henderson has picked up a lot of injuries recently. Naby literally has Weetabek's legs, so he, I don't even count him. Oxley chamberlain comes in, plays two, three good games, sells us dreams, and then is just injured again, you know, probably dancing to Little Mix songs. So I'm I'm done with those two. Matip, absolutely useless in terms of injuries, so... Because uh, that's why Konate is a good signing. So with Saul, like here's the thing: people think I'm joking. If if we sell 
Oxlade Chamberlain and Nabi Keita and Baya Bisuma. Bisuma would play three times the games, both of them would play combined. I was talking to a Liverpool fan tomorrow, and he said we can expect five to ten games from Nabi Keita this season. If, if you if you're expecting singular digit games from a football player, why is he at the club? Mm. Now, unfortunately, Klopp is not immune to criticism. Unlike Luke, I do criticize my manager, even though he gave me everything I wanted. I feel like with Klopp. His main problem is loyalty. He is loyal to these players. He wants to keep Keita. He wants to keep Oxlade Chamberlain. He wants to keep Matip. So that's a problem with him as a person. So and and I feel like with 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 the midfield options, Saul availability is the best ability. He would be absolutely incredible. That would only leave the forward line needing improving. But even if we sign no one in the forward line, just Saul, I think we we challenge for the for the league title because I'm of the belief. The only two teams in the league who could win 15 to, to 16 to 17 games in a row are Liverpool and City. I don't think any other uh, other teams are capable of doing that, whether it's the manager, whether it's the players, whether it's whatever. I think it's just these two teams who can, you know, go on a really long winning streak to to, to challenge for the league. I, I do agree. I think Saul, uh, Thiago and Fabinho is a very good... Probably might, might, well, maybe the the best uh, free uh, centre centre mid options in, in 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 the league if that was to happen. Is it a winning combination, though, coach? Is some, that's something you hand on heart say you agree with? Um, no, this is this is where I feel I'm a bit worried, but not worried because I don't, I don't worry about Liverpool. But I think they have a jam-packed midfield, so that's that's a fair thing to say. Obviously, Henderson's captain. Um, so the question of if when Henderson's fair, I think he starts with Liverpool regardless. He's the leader of the squad and all that. Uh, Klopp, when he's able to ball rotate, Henderson will not start every game. But if Henderson is there, I would never drop Fabinho. I, I agree. I think Fabinho is maybe even not if top three. I think top two defensive midfielders in the world. Um, I, I still would put him and Busquets in that top two. Um, Casemiro has kind of not been as great as I don't put Kante as a defensive midfielder, that's why. So that's why I wouldn't yeah. put him in there. Yeah. I'll put him as such a midfielder. Um, but yeah, I said, but yeah, because Busquets has still maintained his 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 class, it's just the other ones around him mm. that are bums, you know, yeah, so, right. especially, especially PK. PK is done for, but um, back to the point, only I think Thiago would be the only one that's droppable because he didn't start off well at Liverpool and he didn't have a great Euros. He's a good player. He's a fantastic player. Like, I know who sounds laughing. That's not me trying to put him down. The guy's a phenomenal footballer, but he's not had the best time at Liverpool. So I feel like if I looked into him from the field, yes, Henderson for me would be the person that I dropped, but because he's captain, I just see him playing a lot more games. And if he says Sal or Thiago, I still think Thiago's a better player than Sal, but because he hasn't hit the ground running and he is someone that is quite injury prone as well, Thiago, I think Sal being available. Um, most of the time and being able to play a lot more games, I would just trust him a lot more to play um, next to Fabinho and maybe Henderson. So um, is it a winning midfield? Yeah, that's a tough midfield to compete against. I don't think many midfields are better than that midfield, if I'm being honest. I've always said as long as they have Salah and Mane, they always have a chance. And yes, they are getting their defenders back. But like I said yesterday as well, Van Dijk, first major injury. So let's see how he deals with it. Um, Joe Gomez, second major injury, so let's see if he's now going to be the defender that gets a lot of niggling injuries or if he's going to get back into that. Konate himself, again, a top def talent in defend defensive um, defensive qualities, as Hussein pointed out, but he's someone that's also had a lot of injuries in his career, as has Matip as well. So that in itself causes a problem. Um, and they don't, I'm sure they don't want to go back to, what was it, was it last season? Williams and... Um, Phillips, right? Phillips. Phil Phillips, that's the one who, to be fair, towards the end of the season, they did really well. I'm not going to yeah. um, be down on them, but when you've got the other options available, you don't want to run to those two. You want to run to the other guys. So, you know, I just think they um, they they do that. But that if that lineup, if everyone is fit, they have one of the strongest teams in that league comfortably, especially for first 11, because you have a whole lot of options. So um, that is a winning midfield, but... Let's see how they cope with the injuries next season. This is going to be a big year for rotation. Big year for rotation. Uh, Luke, 
obviously the Van Dyke injury, we don't know how he's going to return if he comes back to being the Van Dyke that we knew. He's obviously the best defender in, in world football, in my opinion. I imagine Hussein's opinion as well. Um, should be everyone's opinion. It should, I think it should be everyone's opinion, to be honest. But um, the Liverpool, uh, for the past four years, barring last season, of course, they were your big rivals in terms of uh, the title picture. Do you see Liverpool with the Van Dijk, with Mane's bad season, with Thiago's bad season? First season, but still a very bad season for an experienced midfielder like him. Uh, even with a Saul, do you, do you fear this Liverpool side? No. Not not with that midfield. That right, that midfield is not no no chance. No chance for that midfield. Thiago useless last season. Vino, great player. Saul, I think he's alright. But not with that midfield. That's not Chelsea and City got better midfield than that. That's nah, nah. <laughs> uh, Sam is triggered. He, he's triggered. He's triggered, he's triggered. He's triggered. <laughs> right now. <laughs> nah, Luke, Luke is just, you know, small club mentality. This is just what oh, they do, you know? Oh, winning club mentality. Winning club mentality. Three Premier League titles. How many Champions League does your winning club have? Oh, no. You get the job done oh, on no. a consistent basis. Put them on the table, please. How many <laughs> league titles? That sounds like Graham Sunis. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> Bro, the thing, the thing is with Thiago. On, I feel like people just exaggerate the fuck out of this Thiago thing. Thiago just got injured when he was playing our best midfielder. So he didn't have a bad season. He was just he was just out injured because that prick Richarlison two footed him in in in, the, in in his leg. But besides that, Thiago every time he's been fit has been playing and has been always selected. Except when Klopp had a brain fart away at Madrid. That's beside that's the only game he did not play. Besides that, he's played every single time he was available. And I think he's he's still a world class midfielder. Like just twelve months ago, he was in the world eleven. So it's not like oh he's he's suddenly a shit player. But it's just with the injuries, the same problem. Injuries, injuries, injuries. But when he's fit, he gets into every single midfield in world football. And and if we were talking about this 12 months ago, you would all agree. So just because he put a Liverpool short, uh, shirt on, suddenly you guys, like, oh, Thiago had a bad season. He did not. Besides the injuries, every single time he's actually played, no, he no, played no, really no. well. Okay, no, who, who, would you say, who would you say has been our best midfielder this season? This season. Last season, uh, it's oh. quite hard to think, isn't it? They're all quite rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, this but, is the silence no, no, I talk listen, about. Listen, listen, no, hear this though. But I don't think, even if he was, you want to, even if you want to call him maybe the best performer in that midfield, yeah, the, the argument could be, for example, Fabinho had to play center back quite a lot. Obviously, when he came back in, he did his thing, no problem. Obviously, over the course of a season, he played maybe one third of it in his normal position. So you can't call that best performing midfielder. But I don't feel like anyone that played in that midfield consistently yeah. in that year had a good year. That's just my right. opinion. So, but who was the best one out of them? That, that's oh, my you, thing. Okay, every single Thiago, that's fine. Thiago, yeah. Every single time he was on the pitch, he was our best midfielder. So he did yeah, not but, have but, a bad season. But is, was he, he the did. best? Was he the best of a bad bunch, or was he the best because he was good? No, he was the best because he was good. He was actually the best mm. midfielder, like hands down. Because the others, the others, honestly, Henderson was was injured the entire time. Oxen Keita, yeah. I prefer not to speak. Curtis Jones, I prefer not to speak. With uh, with Fabinho, obviously, he played in, in at the centre back position. Every single time he actually played for us, he he was the best midfielder on the pitch, like hands down. Like there was no discussion about it whatsoever. So he did not have a bad season. He was just injured. That's the problem. Pre injury, remember, man of the match away at Stamford Bridge in forty five minutes and stuff. So he 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 was as soon as he started getting into the groove of things, starting affecting play. The, the injury happened. So it's just unfortunate circumstances. But every time he's been on the pitch, he's performed. That's why I say he is hands down the best midfielder at the club right now. I would just like to say that Arsenal's midfield three is the best midfield three in, in, in English football. But that is... I think we'll end it on that Don't now. do this. Don't we'll do end it on that note. We'll end it on that note. No, I'm joking. Um, obviously, we, we are far off. But it is what it is. But I think we should end. I think it's been, was it, almost an hour now. So... Let's get to the end. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, Luke, where can they find you? I can find me at HKLuke on YouTube and HK23 on Instagram. Pleasure to have me on, guys. Enjoyed it. We'll have to uh, do this again sometime. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. Sam, how you doing? Uh, I'm 
Yes, every time I look at you, you rattle me. That's that's what it is. <laughs> Yesterday was it's completely. Where can they find you, sir? Uh, my my YouTube channel is called This Is Football, general football channel for for all football fans. Uh, actually, I have a stream in 50 minutes from now. We're going to be talking about Lukaku and Chelsea. So it's a, it's a channel for all football fans. It's called This Is Football. Please do subscribe and and come watch the stream. Just come come head to the stream. My Twitter is at Don Hussam Six. That's my Twitter. I do run a lot of Twitter spaces, so you'll see me engaging with all fans. I run serious Liverpool. Um, Liverpool spaces as well with a few journalists. Sometimes um, we, we we do them with a few ITKs as well. So there, there's a lot going on right now. So please continue supporting. Currently at 715 subscribers. So slowly getting to that 1K mark. So please go and, and subscribe to the channel and, and support us. And thank you so much to both of you guys. I know Cahill is a little bit rattled from yesterday, unfortunately. <laughs> Usman, Usman did you dirty by clipping it up and posting it on Twitter, but that's not my fault. I did not ask you that, so he did it. But thank you so much to, to both of you. It's been a pleasure coming on your channel for, for the first time. Uh, brilliant working with Luke as well. So thank you so yes, much. You, it's been a fantastic stream. Coach, where can they find us? Quickly, before I do that, can I just say uh, that I put in the agenda Christian Romero and then Hussam said they signed Gil Romero, no one cares about that, and that's all Romero got. That's a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a good signing. But regardless, we can discuss that another day for, and we'll get some Spurs fans for that one. But yes, you can find us on YouTube right here on YouTube, uh, Free Me For Podcast. We're on 100 and signing subscribers, so try and get us up to that 200 now as well. I think 173, so we're getting there, mm. guys. That's 200. Hopefully, we get some more great guests for you guys, like these two wonderful guys here. Um, subscribe to their channels as well, especially Never Fire as well for Luke. Um, Feed the Goat is the Man City show, and this is football. 15 minutes, like you said, he's going to be on talking about Lukaku and Chelsea, so I'm going to be there watching that as well. Um, that's good, that's good, that's really, yeah. Feed the Goat on Never a Foul. They, yeah, there you go. There you go. You gotta plug your thing, dude. You gotta plug your thing. So big up Daps, Tyrone, <laughs> and everybody else in that chat and from Never Foul as well. And yes, so Free Me Field podcast on YouTube, um, and Free Me Field for Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. There you go. Ever the professional first closure. This has been another episode of the Free Me Field podcast. Good night. <laughs>